Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File, the show that helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. What is your experience of the Christian life as a Christian leader? What is your level of expectation? Do you live by the maxim, blessed are they who expect nothing because they're never disappointed? Or do you have a hunger to know more of God? Well, this week I'm joined by the Reverend Paul Harcourt, who with his wife Becky leads All Saints Woodford Wells in North East London. He's also National Director of New Wine England. His book, co-written with Becky, Walking on Water, Overcoming the Obstacles to the Supernatural Life, explores the place of experience in the Christian life. So welcome back, Paul, to the Leadership File. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Um, when you were my guest before, we were, we were talking about third person, uh, which, of course, is a ministry that's part of New Wine with the aim of restating the centrality of the ministry in the power of the Spirit. Uh, since then, you've become National Director of New Wine, which, among other things, of course, runs an event at Bath & Wales Showground Shepton Mallet every summer. So how, how's it going, being National Director? Well, it's certainly busier. Um, <laughs> it's been a really fantastic year. People have come round and um, been supportive of us and praying for us. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to um, build a bigger team as well. So we've seen a lot of new people come into leadership. And part of the process that we went through as we changed um, national leaders was we spent quite a lot of time um, asking the Lord what he had for new wine. Mm. And that was really helpful. We came out with a very clear sense of why we're still here and what we might have to contribute alongside others. So it's been a good year. Um, we've had a very wet but very successful summer gathering. Oh, indeed, yes. I was and, there. <laughs> yeah, it was probably the worst weather in 20 years. <laughs> but it's really exciting new initiatives coming out in church planting and um, emerging leaders and rural initiatives and all sorts of things. Oh. So we're excited about the life that's that's being birthed at the moment. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, so your book's title comes from the passage where Jesus walks on water. Uh, so why were you drawn to that passage in particular? Well, I, I think... Um, what really excites me about that passage is not that Jesus walks on water, which you can kind of imagine. I mean, you can expect that. Most Christians would have no problems with Jesus walking on water. He made it. He can do what he likes. It's mm. one of a number of miracles. Uh, but the exciting thing is that when the apostles see Jesus doing that, mm. um, Peter has the, the courage to say, Lord, if that's you, ask me to come to you. And Jesus's one word invitation, come, was something that really echoed in my spirit over a number of years. And it seemed to me that, that that passage is a great metaphor of what it is to step into uh, a supernatural life, a, a life perhaps of an expectation higher than just business as normal, um, stepping into an adventure with Jesus. So, I mean, um, you're, you're obviously arguing for this being a part of our normal daily life. Um, I, I use one of those charismatics who say, well, the charismatic life's for everyone. This is the, the real way of doing Christian life. Or would you say, well, I understand that different people from different traditions prefer their different ways. So what's what's the kind of line you take in this whole whole thing? Well, I, I think we, we've all got to go back to the Bible. Mm. Um, I think the charismatic tradition is a witness to something that everybody can learn from. And I do okay. believe that Jesus's invitation is to every Christian to step into something that's beyond the normal experience. Mm. I think the Christian life is meant to be supernatural. It doesn't mean you have to embrace every aspect of charismatic culture or that other traditions in the church can't mm. inform us. But if you look at what Jesus did with the disciples from the beginning, he mm. sought to involve them in the works that he himself mm. was doing. So the 
the supernatural works of signs and wonders, of healing, mm. hearing the voice of God. Jesus said that that, that is normal. Yeah, his sheep will hear his voice. Anybody who believes in him will do the things that he's been doing. Mm. You know, it's clear to me that 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 Jesus calls disciples and trains disciples so that they will partner with him. And of course, for many of us, we've we've relegated that to the first century. Mm. We've said that that was the experience of the initial apostles. Uh, and yet God seems to be restoring much of that to the church today. Mm -hmm. And we, you talked about uh, new wine and I've, uh, I've been attending for some seven years mm. and manifestly things are happening. I mean, people are being touched and helped. People are uh, metaphorically walking on water, <laughs> you know, and some for the first time. Yeah. And, and um, as is the experience of the Apostle Peter, you know, when when Jesus first came to the disciples in the boat, they were disturbed. They didn't know. What was happening? They didn't recognize him at first. Mm. They were afraid. They had a lot of questions. They misattributed what was going on. Um, so we have all of that as we seek to embrace a God who's perhaps bigger than we've sometimes allowed for. Mm. And as we step into it, if we think maybe this is the Lord and we, mm. we try and step into perhaps a slightly different way of being a Christian or of, of doing church, mm. we, we're going to occasionally get it wrong, mm. take our eyes off Jesus and slip and sink you know there's all of that going on as well but mm. i do think it's um there is a calling to a lot more and i think there's a the heart that's being birthed in the people of god to experience more than mm. we perhaps have done yeah yeah um so to looking at this whole area of, of, of experiencing god experiencing that the walking on water life if you like um Obviously, the number of listeners are probably asking questions in their heads as they're listening sure. to us. Yeah, you know, one of which is, well, maybe they've come to New Wine and then they've gone home again, and it's it's so different because there is there's something special about the the gathering of God's people and what God's doing. They go back to maybe a, a, obviously it's going to be a smaller gathering, but it, sometimes it's a people's mindsets are, are very different. Yeah. Um, what what do you say to to those for whom? Uh, you know, it's so very different at New Wine than it is at home. What, what do we do about it? And I know that's part of your heartbeat. I, I think we all experience that, don't we? <laughs> I mean, there is a conference dynamic that yes. when we gather together with the the people who are self-selecting, mm. you know, that they've they've committed to it, they've focused time, they've probably been praying about it, they've come with high expectation. Mm. It's time set apart from God without many of the normal distractions mm. and difficulties of ordinary life. Um, so there's always going to be a conference dynamic of it being mm. a special time, a special encounter. But I, we're always trying to say that what we seek to model at New Wine is transferable back into the local church. Mm. And every local church, I think, is on a journey into what God has mm. for it to be and to become. Um, so I, I think we need those gatherings. We need those times. I don't think the Christian life is, is one of unbroken supernatural experiences left, mm. right and centre nor is it one of always living with a massively high expectation. Mm. But those moments of encounter mm. um, are, are the things that reset our vision of what's possible with God, mm. raise our hope, raise our faith, mm. and um, that then challenges us from the ordinary into the extraordinary in our daily life and in every place where we live. Yeah. And and inevitably, again, there's there's people within the congregations, people listening to us who are going through the rougher times when God yeah. seems very distant, what's... St. John of the Cross called the Dark Night of the Soul. Absolutely, and and yeah. I guess you would you would acknowledge that sometimes that is that is a phase that that somehow the Lord leads us through. 
Well, I, I, the experience of life is difficulty, isn't mm. it? Jesus said, "You will have trouble." As, you know, this in the, in this world, we're always going to have that experience, mm. and I I know it's difficult. We've we've um, my wife and I, Becky, we have uh, two children, both of whom are autistic, different mm. ends of the spectrum. Gracious, so we right. we know difficulty. We mm. we live with children who've not been healed, mm. and yet we're teaching on healing all the time. Um, we've been walking with a friend recently who's just died of cancer. So mm. we know these struggles, but we mm. know also that um, the Lord does do wonderful things. And mm. so we don't allow our harder moments to um, define for us what we think about the goodness of God or the power of God. Mm. Um, even as we meet both the goodness and power of God, sometimes in the difficulties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so get, getting practical for a moment in terms of, 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 you know, maybe the new wine leadership and your experience of God and uh, how the Lord leads you. Um, you know, you're, you're, you've got a, a summer conference coming up next year. You, yeah. you already you've advertised different speakers that are coming, which that's all seems very exciting for those those of us who are going to be attending. Uh, but but you know, what's the? Did you do you sense the Lord saying, yeah, this is the person, or do you sense, well, do you just trust as you use your your kind of rational judgment, which is something you obviously you you use you talk about a little bit in, in your book, Walking on Water. Yeah, no, I, I think um, it's a little bit of both. I think mm. we hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of God together sometimes. Um, the, the Spirit of God brings people across our paths and mm. we find an opportunity and we think, oh, with it, we would love to hear from that person. We think they're carrying mm. something. They've got an insight. They've, they've got a perspective that would be good to, mm. to share. It's great um, the way that the Lord puts the program together. Okay, It does really feel sometimes as though he's leading us to mm. particular people and particular things. But we know we're responsible. You know, I've got a job to do as well. Yeah. Um, and so we do sit down and pray it through and think about it and discuss names yeah. that we might invite. I, I suppose the, the reason for asking the question is sometimes for those outside the, the charismatic bubble, there's the assumption that folk are kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of chatting to God almost moment by moment. And they're absolutely clear about everything is from God. That's, <laughs> and I, I just wanted to kind of expose that myth if it is a myth or at least puncture it a little bit well it, it's definitely a myth uh, <laughs> i know we should be chatting to god all the time um we should be talking to him a lot more than we are and we mm. should definitely be listening to him yeah, yeah. a lot more than we do uh, but I, I think no we I, for me personally i think in my own walk with god um i'm a very logical rational person mm. you know that that for me is is my particular um way of approaching the faith mm. and i i know god speaks to me but it's it's not a sort of unbroken series of prophecies, dreams, and visions. Mm. Um, but I think we're open to God, and on a you know, the more wide we can make our bandwidth, the more we're going to receive, mm. and the more we can learn to hear God through Scripture, through others, through circumstances. Mm. Um, I, I just think that's um, we want to be as open to God as we can, um, so that we can hear all that He has to say to us. Okay, we're well, listening to Leadership Far with me, Andy Packer. I'm joined this week by Reverend Paul Harcourt. Uh, Paul is the uh, National Director of New Wine England and his book, uh, co-written with Becky, Walking on Water, Overcoming the Obstacles to the Supernatural Life is what we're focusing upon in this show. We'll be back uh, just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Paul Harcourt. He, with his wife Becky, uh, leads All Saints Woodford Wells, uh, North East London. He's also National Director of New Wine England. His book, co-written with Becky, Walking on Water, Overcoming the ab Obstacles to the Supernatural Life, which explores the place of experience in the Christian life. And Paul, I, one of the reasons I enjoyed the book was was your your very um, personal 
reflections on your journey towards experiencing God more yeah. and and your admission that you come from a more rational kind of if you like brain focused type of you know focus on life and and your your stories of um of playing football and and being healed and then and later on your time in the front room of the vicarage which I would just be fascinated if you want to share yeah. a little bit about that so the the idea of the book is that we're all called out of the boat by mm. Jesus into um, a life that is extraordinary. Mm. Um, Peter walked on water. Mm. So we, we thought, what would it be that might stop Peter from getting out mm. of that boat? Because there were 12 there. Mm. Only Peter got out of the boat. Why didn't the others? And um, as Becky and I had been teaching in a number of contexts, we realized that there are, broadly speaking, two categories of problem mm. that we face. One are issues of the head, the rational mind, mm. the demand for understanding, logical proof, and all of that, um, the need to be in control, and the other issues of the heart. Now, those were very much, um, my testimony was all about the rational mind, mm. and my wife's testimony was very much about having had a wounded heart, which mm. meant that she found it difficult to trust God and to step out. She'd experienced disappointment. Um, she, she found herself quite insecure and wouldn't take risks. And, and we recognize there's two very different people Perhaps there's, there's different ways in to help people here into experience. So for me, that was all about logical, rational mind. I, I'm a my degree was um, in maths, so I I was doing you know logic, and my whole approach to life is very head over mm. heart. And I think a lot of people who are like that, we say, well, the charismatic life. I'm not that sort of person. Mm. And yet, if Jesus is calling us, he calls all of us. And if he wants to give his spirit to us, he gives the spirit uh, without any favoritism. Mm. So what does it look like for me as a very rational person to become open to the supra-rational, mm. to the extraordinary, to the miraculous? And um, I'd had a number of experiences of God. I, I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit um, actually as I was waiting to go to sleep. There was nobody in the room right. praying for me. It wasn't a mm. highly charged religious meeting. But I'd had that experience of the power of God that began to reconnect my head and my heart mm. so that the things that I believed in my mind began to be things that I was experiencing an appropriate emotion for. Mm -hmm. And I went to theological college as, um, as now somebody who's experiencing the charismatic uh, dimension to the Christian faith, mm. but with no, no praxis, no model of how mm. that might happen. And... Um, for me, it was very simple. I, I was playing football regularly on the college football team. And every time I played, I would come back injured and had friends in the college who would pray for me for healing. Mm. And every week I was healed. Wow. And I, it raised all sorts of issues for me because there are lots of people in the world who are far more deserving of healing. <laughs> That's right. um, and, I, you know, so I wasn't sure, but it was undeniable. Mm. Mm. And um, through that, I learned maybe uh, a model of how to pray for people, how the spirits work in us can be mm. the spirits work through us to touch others as well and that launched me into a more charismatic model of mm. of ministry um one of the first bible verses i'd ever memorized mm. was um proverbs 3 5 to 6 mm. so trust in the lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding mm. and the light bulb moment for me was when i realized that um so often it's our own understanding that prevents us from trusting the Lord, right. who is bigger, whose ways are higher. Mm. And so there's been a sort of ongoing series of moments where I've mm. had to surrender um, more of my life to the Lord. Mm. And one of them came in, in 1994, around the time of what was eventually known as the Toronto Blessing. 
Um, I was a curate in a church on the Wirral at the time, and um, the Spirit began to touch people in quite a powerful way. Um, and as somebody who's very analytical and very mm. logical, very much in control, um, I could recognize what the Spirit was doing, but I couldn't receive it for myself very easily. And one particular hang-up I'd always had was this this issue of falling over. Mm. Um, whenever I was being prayed for, I would, there would be times when I might experience a sense of the... Mm the heavy presence of God. You mm. might know that um, in the Old Testament, the word for God's glory, kavod, is um, a word that literally means weight or heaviness. Mm. And I think often when people are experiencing the presence of God, they feel that weight. Mm. Uh, and I often think that when people do fall over, mm. it's because they can't be bothered to stand up anymore. They, they want to focus on God. And in that focus, they, they aren't thinking about their, mm. their posture or anything mm. like that. Uh, but for me, as somebody who was always analysing what was going on, it's very hard to let my focus be explicitly, completely on God. So what literally happened, this is, you know, I tell the story in the book against myself, really. I don't know if it's the best thing, but I, I had been involved in praying for people um, in this fresh move of whatever God was doing for a month or so without really being touched by it myself at all. And began to think this is this is wrong, you know. I, I should be, I, I should be a participant and um, in what God's doing. I should be receiving, not observing. And so I waited until my wife had gone out, um, listened to some teaching, became convicted that I really need to sort that this out with God. And because falling over had been such a problem, I thought, well, why don't I start? Why don't I start on the floor? Cut yes. out, cut out the middleman, and I <laughs> literally, right. I lay, I lay yeah. down, put a pillow under my head, mm. and um, prayed some great Christian prayer like, "God, if this is you, come and get me." Mm -hmm. And nothing happened at first, but I was determined to stay there to receive what God had, mm. and gradually, I, I began to experience more and more of the mm. presence of God, um, and it became really for me a life-changing experience of knowing that actually even with my rational, logical, analytical mm. mindset and orientation, which I still have, that's who God yes. has made me to be, that actually I can still receive his presence in a way that was perhaps greater mm. than I'd to that point encountered. Sure, sure. Well, it's great. well thank you for, for sharing so honestly that, because I think that's going to help many, particularly, if I may say particularly guys, because there tends to be a stereotype of you know the more rational yeah. emotionalist guys and um it's, it's great to hear the way the lord um you know manifested himself in that way um obviously so leaders listening will be from a range of church backgrounds yeah. uh, and some some they're going amen to what you're saying they're going, hey, this is wonderful um others perhaps not, not so used to it or, or they're aware in practice that god does these kind of things but they've never seen something happen in their particular church and it uh, clearly, uh, as you travel around churches, churches that seem to give God space, God seems to be able to do more. That would be a, a, mm. a, a fair reading, would it? Well, I, I wouldn't say necessarily more. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would certainly not say that, you know, God's only at work in charismatic mm -hmm. churches because I mean, there are wonderful things happening in churches of every tradition. Yeah. Um, and I do think that it's become a conviction of mine that as leaders, the one thing we owe the world is an encounter with the God who wants mm. to meet them. Mm. And the more we can enable people to receive that, mm. the better. And we, of course, we're living in a very experiential age. Mm. It's, um, I absolutely believe in the power of preaching, but people find it difficult to um, 
to accept us as an authority mm. uh, when we're preaching out of the Bible, often they need an encounter with mm. God. And so creating space for God to come and to touch people, um, that is very helpful. And um, in my experience, wherever churches are offering prayer ministry, people mm. are meeting God. They are encountering him and they're coming to faith. And, mm. and that often there are people perhaps who, who have been a bit resistant to the message, um, to the arguments, because they, they're in a post-truth culture. So I would definitely encourage leaders to make space for God, um, even if it's very simply just allowing people time after we've, after we've preached, allowing people time to encounter what we've just spoken about. Mm. And just inviting the Holy Spirit? Is it you just say, come Holy Spirit, at the end of a serve, in a meeting? or a... Yeah, you can do. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> I that's just wonder what your practice is in terms of yes, I mean, at, all, I, at All Saints? Or... Yes, I mean, in, in many ways I think that's what mm. it is. I, mean, I think when we, it's not just after we preach, it's, mm. our, it's after we worship as well. Mm. Mm. Often as we worship, people are aware of God in our midst. Mm. And so it's good to help them explicitly receive what we talked about. So yes. Mm. We're not asking the Holy Spirit to come because he's not there. No. Of course, he's always there. But what we're saying is let's let's focus on his presence. Let's ask that his mm. presence be more tangibly felt. Mm. People need to receive the love of God. So to actually yeah. pray that they would ex- receive the love of God mm. and, and actually pray that prayer with expectation mm. that in some way they might experience that. Mm. Experience is, is one of those difficult things because we often think it has to be emotional. Mm. Um, because we walk by faith not by sight so quite often we're receiving things on trust but I do think we need to be explicitly trying to receive them and um, asking the question giving space for God to bring the answer yeah. uh, Bruce Collins wrote, writes in his book uh, Jesus Gospel Jesus Way he talk, he asked God why why, why aren't we seeing so much in the UK as, as he, he had seen in India and Africa mm. and he felt one of, the, one of the aspects of that was faith levels and he gave some illustrations of doing weekends where the faith levels kind of grew. So what role does faith, in your understanding, play in the congregation as to as to how free God is to do stuff? Well, that's a very interesting one. Um, <laughs> I think we've got to avoid the two extremes. Okay. So we, we mustn't say that there has to be a very high level of faith mm-hmm. and the presence of, of people who are, have less faith is going to cause a problem. Mm. Jesus healed people who had no faith. The yeah. dead people, for example, yes. they had no faith. <laughs> um, but he did also commend the faith that people had, and he, mm. he would say, your faith has made you well. Mm. So there is something about the coming of the kingdom of God that is very definitely bound up in faith. Mm. What we teach in New Wine is that those of us who, who are preaching or ministering or leading in any mm. sort of way, that the onus is on us. You know, that we need to look to ourselves. We need to be dependent upon God and praying that our faith uh, is fully engaged. Mm. To be honest, God is gracious. And often it's been at times where my faith has been very weak mm. um, that he's moved most powerfully. Okay. But I know he's calling us to deeper faith, mm. to greater trust um, and to greater risk as well. Often faith faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That was John mm. Wimber's big mantra. Yes, yes. We need to step out of the boat if we're going to walk on the water. Yeah. Well, finally, uh, Paul, just the details of the book. Um, so it's called um, Walking on Water, published by River, River Publishing, and there's yep. a New Wine um, lo- logo on it as well. I don't know if that's... It's a, a co-published between co-published. New Wine yes. and River Publishing. Yeah. Um, the other half of the book, Becky's Testimony, mm. is all about recovering from life-defining um, tragedy. She's yes. had, she has an amazing testimony Indeed. that yeah. she shares very helpfully. So we we felt the need to be very vulnerable, very real, 
about what God's done, not mm. because we think we're special, but because we think it's for everybody. It's yeah. because we're ordinary that we wrote the book. Sure. Well, bless you. Uh, and of course, New Wine's uh, coming up next summer. Yeah. Uh, well, at least, I mean, there's other th events, there's leadership events, but the New Wine um, early bird discount comes up early December. It does. So, um, so listeners, if, if you're thinking about that, then this might be a reminder to you to, to get your booking in early, I guess. Yeah, everybody very welcome. We've got great panel of speakers. And in both weeks, we've got the very charismatic represented with Robbie Dawkins mm. and some great missional thinking as well with Alan Hirsch mm. Mm. and many others who are going to come and share with us. Fabulous. Well, thank you for, for all you're doing to, you. to enable this to happen, certainly on behalf of our our church and family. So thank you. Uh, and thank you for, you know, for sharing uh, about the book and about the experience of God. Uh, you've been listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. This was uh, Reverend Paul Harpcourt. Uh, his book, title again, Walking on Water, Overcoming the Obstacles to the Supernatural Life. Do log on to Premier's website and you can hear archived versions of the Leadership File. Go to iTunes and download uh, other um, recordings of the show, uh, including this one in due course. Look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.